Time for your pit preview here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. We're going to dive into this matchup. Should be an easy win for Syracuse, but if there's if we've learned anything, there's no easy wins, Tim. We'll tell you why it may not be an easy win for this Syracuse team because some guys need to bounce back. Could this be the Buddy Beheim bounce back spot? We'll tell you what you need to know about the Panthers as well. Do the prop shop and give you our picks coming up next. You are locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome in. This is the Locked on Syracuse podcast, Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard. Today's episode brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TVs, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. We're free and available on all platforms, and we thank you for making us your first listen every single day, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. We've, we're always dropping some special stuff for you guys there as well. And we appreciate all the feedback in the comments as well. We love interacting with you guys on YouTube. Shout out to the YouTube crowd out there. All right, time for Pitt. This is going to hopefully, fingers crossed, be an easy one. And it's nice that you get Pitt twice on the schedule. Um, they're just coming off a, a loss to Boston College. And, no, they beat BC. Or did they, they came beat back. BC? Did they come yeah. back? All right, well, I, that was premature then. Um, yeah, they did. They, they beat them 69-67, so how about that? Um, but they were Won losing the race to 69, game. right? They did, yeah. Shout out mm-hmm. Tate Frazier. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they were losing most of that game. Uh, BC yeah. was in command for most of that game, and that just kind of shows you where the bottom of the ACC is right now. Um, and Syracuse has a chance to really sort of assert its dominance. Like, you and I were kind of talking about how were we going to tackle the pit preview because we've talked uh, when we look at games like Wake, Miami, we kind of dive into a little bit more of the X's and O's of the other team. But with a team like Pitt, not to overlook them, but this is kind of more like your Cornells and Browns. Like they're literally that bad of an opponent this year. Yeah, I will say they've kept it close in ACC play. There are three ACC losses by a combined five points. And there's a good tweet from Mike Monaco, who's an ESPN, like ACC network broadcaster. Shout out to him for this. He compiled that there's been 31 ACC games to this point. 21 have been decided by single digits and 18 have been decided by five points or fewer. 10 of those have been one possession games. So yeah. 18 of the 31 ACC games decided by five points or fewer. That's kind of what we've been saying, right? That all these games at the very least are going to be fun. They're going to be back and forth. And with there's pretty much no tiers in the league, you've got Duke mm-hmm. and even Duke just lost to Miami. So you say what you want about that. But I think basically everyone else is kind of in the, okay, we're sort of on the bubble to we're off the bubble, but trying to get onto the bubble. It's just sort of a whole lot of man that makes a lot of close games. So Pitt has kept games close, but I think this is a game that Syracuse just sort of blows the doors off of them. And I don't think it means anything. I just think this is a good matchup. And in the spot that Pitt is getting Syracuse, I feel like they're hungry. I feel like they'll run away with this game from the jump. And again, I don't think that necessarily means anything but yeah because i think happens i look at Pitt as a team that okay like miami you can see them getting back into games right really good offense wake you can see them getting back into the games just because i think steve forbes is a good coach and they've kind of proven that they've been battle tested this year Pitt, i just don't think is one of those teams where if you sort of assert your dominance on them i don't think they're going to come back just because they're not a good shooting team from any spot on the floor the one thing that they can do is get to the free throw line but how helpful can that be when you're trying to slog your way back and you're trying to chip away 
point by point as opposed to trying to get it back three at a time. And I think that's going to be something that can really harm them. And they don't take care of the basketball and they don't do anything in terms of forcing turnovers as well. So all of that stuff sort of put together kind of shows you why this pet basketball team right now is six and nine. And even though every single game they've played in the ACC so far has been one possession, though you shouldn't be one in three when that's the case. And, and that's Syracuse too, it is right? Syracuse <laughs> Same too, thing. <laughs> to a degree. Uh, but uh, like, these are one possession games and right. I, like this pit team is a, is a whole new level of bad. I mean, some of the losses that they have this year, they've got two losses to teams outside the top 240 in Ken Palm right now. Yeah. But look like Syracuse lost to Colgate. Colgate can't beat anyone. Syracuse lost to Georgetown. Patrick Ewan's making comments about how <laughs> big John's rolling in his grave. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying Syracuse is going to lose this game, but this is what we thought when we did the Pitt preview podcast last year. And we were like, it's great that Syracuse has two games against Pitt and they lost both of them. One of them was off a pause and it's a totally different team. I think the only way that Pitt keeps this game close or somehow wins the game, which again, I don't think is going to happen, but to make the case for it, it's John Hughley going off who's their sophomore big, who mm-hmm. he's only averaging like 16 points per game, but he's had some individual games that scare me a little bit. Like he's coming off 32 points, 13 rebounds against BC in the last game. He had 25 points, 14 rebounds against Minnesota. Five times this year, he scored 21 points or more. So that's what they did with Champagny last year, and that's why they were able to beat Syracuse. It's just, is Hughley going to have a monster game on the glass? And somehow be that big that gives Syracuse fits. If he doesn't do it though, I really don't see how Pitt wins because they can't shoot. Yeah. And here's the thing too, is like, we can talk up, Oh, well we're, we're overlooking Pitt. And what we mean by that essentially is you lose this one. That's the nail in the coffin. Like the season's over. If you don't think it's already over, like the season is over. If you lose this game to Pitt and there's very little good that can come out of the rest of the way for the season uh, if you do end up losing this game. But that's kind of what we're trying to give across here. Sure. Um, if if you if, if us overlooking Pitt basically ends your season. Like, point yeah. blank. There's no other way around it at this point. No, and the season probably already is over, like you're saying. But, yeah, this t- would totally end it. Buddy Beheim's probably going to bounce back. We can talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit. I feel like, you know, he's getting a lot of defensive attention, but – He's also not really getting into the flow of games and then all of a sudden missing some shots that he normally makes because of that. And teams have sort of figured out, I think, that you put some length on him and if you make him the number one option on a team, he's probably not quite qualified to take a team on a long, I guess I say NCAA tournament run. He kind of did that last year as a number one guy, but you probably need better pieces around him if he's the number one guy because – they're able to focus so much defensive attention on him. And I don't think Buddy's been bad necessarily, but he hasn't taken a step up that he probably needed to take for the amount of defensive attention he's getting. Right. That's a good point there. And speaking of defensive attention, like this isn't a good defensive pit team, but they do have some length that can bother you. Like a lot of guys on this roster, six, seven, six, eight, have a little bit of length to them too. They're top 20 in the nation in height. So it's kind of like wake, like big team can give you some fits. So it could be a bad matchup, but I just don't see Buddy Bayheim going out and, and returning home and having a just a dud of a performance. I, I just can't see that because these are the spots where we point to guys like Joe Girard, and I think Buddy Bayheim falls in that camp as well, although I think it happens less frequently with Buddy because he has fewer bad performances. But 
These are the bounce back spots. You take advantage of some of the bad teams and Pitt's a, a prime example of that. You should be able to do that on a Tuesday, Tuesday night in Syracuse. I'll go back to something I've said a lot this year. Syracuse is going to look good against bad teams, and they're probably going to look bad against good teams. I think that's how this is going to play out in ACC play. There's not a lot of quote-unquote good teams in the ACC, so a lot of these games will be close. But like when they went up against Villanova, they just don't have the pieces right now. When they went up against Auburn, they don't have the pieces right now. But they're going to look good against a team like Pittsburgh because when Joe Girard is getting guarded loosely and he makes a couple early threes and he gets some confidence, he looks like a world beater, and we'll probably see that from Joe Girard in this game, like we saw against Miami. Yeah, we'll get into the prop shop and any other little pit tidbits we want to talk about ahead of this matchup. But hey, Syracuse fans, it is time for me to tell you about an amazing app, and anyone that buys gas needs to know about it. It's called Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back, so don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code score to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back and guess what there's no catch the cash back gets added right to your account and you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use promo code score to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank that's promo code score March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Diving into some other stuff here with Pitt. When you, when you look at the, the Panthers as a whole here, I mean, not a team that's going to scare you from three. They're, they're really a team that doesn't shoot a lot of threes. Here's the one thing I would bring up. It's actually the one thing that Pitt is elite at, and it is getting to the free throw line which yeah. usually isn't something that's going to be overly concerning against a zone, but then there comes the Jesse Edwards portion of the equation. Right, which we he got did... a prop shop on him too, which yeah. I think so, will be interesting, but yeah. So like, it's one of those things where can Jesse stay on the floor? So let's just dive right into the prop shop with it. One of the ones that you set up for us here, Jesse Edwards over under four fouls in this game. Where, where are you sitting on Jesse Edwards? Can he stay out of foul trouble? I mean, I, it might be a push at four fouls, but I think given that there's a decent shot here that Syracuse gets into sort of blowout cruise control mode and we see maybe some garbage time for a Barama or a John Bowl, I don't say, think that's going to happen every time in this scenario, but I feel like my mind leans towards this game is going to get into a blowout territory. So I'm going to take the under coming off a five foul game, but it's kind of sad that we have to set it at four. Remember we did this last year with Sidibe and we, or yep. maybe it was two years ago, four and a half. And now it's, 
it's getting to that territory for Jesse. I probably could have put it at four and a half, but I feel like we would have just definitely both taken the under in that situation. Feels mean then, right? When you, when yeah. you move it, the line <laughs> to four and a half. So some of the numbers here for Pitt, they're number one in the country in free throw attempts over field goal attempt ratio. So what that means is that they, a lot of their shot attempts are actually coming at the free throw line. They're sitting at about 47%. And for, for context here, the average in, in division one is about 30%. They're shooting, they're getting about 17% more of their opportunities from the free throw line as opposed to actually coming from the field. And when you we set it at four here, like I think you got pretty sound logic. Like, if I had to guess, it'll be a push, but right. Could he not play the minutes for? I don't know. Like Jim Beheim probably wants to get him more offensive experience too. And I think another thing is he's seen the collapse too many times where we're not going to see him get sort of lackadaisical with the minutes. And he's seen the collapse against Pitt last year. Like he probably wants to stick it to Pitt and, and Jeff Capel because of the way that they sort of embarrassed him last season and, and made sure it was sort of a, an itchy and scratchy selection Sunday for, for Syracuse. So I'll go with the over here, but I'm, I'm more leaning on a push at this point yeah. with, uh, with Jesse Edwards, who's going to win the rebounding battle. Syracuse has actually done a pretty good job. What last four games, I believe they've they're four and in the ACC in rebounding, believe like, it or not, how, who would have thought well, that? I mean, gosh, <laughs> and it's come <laughs> largely on the offensive end. Like they're getting a lot of offensive boards. What they get 15 against wake forest. I think they had 15 against uh, Miami or one of the other uh, ACC games too. So yeah, they're doing it on the offensive end. They're just not always cashing in on these second chance opportunities, but who wins the rebounding battle? Will it be Syracuse or Pitt? I gotta think they can't go to five and zero in in <laughs> rebounding battle. In the, like, imagine if I told you yeah. that back in early December before the Florida State game. Hey, guess what? Because that was everyone's key to the season, right? And now it looks sort of silly that we thought that. And I'm, they're not winning the rebounding battles by a lot. Like no, overall, like their rebounding is still yeah, yeah, it's still bad, but. I mean, they won 49 to 42 on the glass against a tall Wake team in the rebounding category. I'm going to take Pitt here. Hughley's a good rebounder, and they're actually a solid overall rebounding team. But if it's a blowout, maybe then Syracuse sort of does eke this one out again. And I do think there's something to be said that they're rebounding fine and they're still losing. Like I kind yeah. of had that as a point early on in the season that I'm more concerned about the turnover numbers and the rebounding because rebounding's always bad in the two, three zone. And we've had some good teams that have been bad at rebounding. And this team's actually probably been a little bit better than some of our good teams in rebounding, but that's not the huge issue. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take Pitt here to win the rebounding battle. And my logic here is if Syracuse wins this game, it's not going to be from second chance points or if they get to a blowout, I'm saying, if Syracuse blows out Pitt in this game, it's not going to be because of second chance points. It's going to be because mm -hmm. they're just lighting them up from three. I, that, that's the way I see it. I don't think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for, for rebounds and offensive rebounds for the Syracuse team, just based on the defense that you see being played by this Pitt team. So uh, I'm with you. I'm going to go with, uh, with Pitt to win the rebounding battle here. And, and, Pitt's a pretty good offensive rebounding team too, top 60 in the country. So overall, I think there could be some problems there on the Syracuse side of things for rebounding the basketball. Uh, next up, Pitt, will they make over or under six and a half threes in this game? Probably the lowest number I'll ever set for an opponent against yeah. the two, three zone because these teams have just been chucking from three. But this is why I think Syracuse wins this game handedly is because they hardly ever score from three. Pitt is averaging four and a half threes per game. They're shooting 30.9% from three-point range, 272nd in the nation. I'll take the under 
it's such a low number that I almost, despite all those points leaning in my favor, still feel like I should take the over because they will probably jack up a good amount just because the zone beats you into that. But this is the core reason why I think Syracuse wins the game. I guess I said that again to VCU, and VCU still managed to score. So, look, teams are still getting up threes, and even bad three-point shooting teams are having some success against the zone. But I just don't think Pitt has the shot makers that even they've had in recent teams that haven't been that good. Yeah, so looking at the numbers here, they've played 15 games so far. They've made seven or more threes in just four of them. And two of the opponents were Jacksonville and UMBC. And by the way, when they make seven or more threes, they're actually one in three. So it, it may not be a, a good omen right. per se uh, per se to be making all those threes. Not that their record when they make less than seven threes is very good, but that's beside the point here. Um, I will go over on six and a half. And I'm just playing this from a pure number standpoint. Like, yeah, that's a very, very low number. And you're going to probably get plenty of opportunities. And if Syracuse does blow you out, you, know, you probably get a couple lackadaisical defensive efforts at the end that you can take advantage of. So I'll go with Pitt to, to go over that six and a half number. All right, let's get into who will lead Syracuse in scoring. By the way, uh, last week, I, I kind of brushed this aside, but we did not do very well. <laughs> we each mm -hmm. went two and four. I did not hit on a single prop. I only hit on the spread and the total. By the way, how about us getting a, an overtime under? You don't see that yeah. very often. Overtime <laughs> is where unders go to die, but it just kind of double validates us, I feel like, that it went to right. overtime, especially with this offense that Syracuse has, and it still hits the under. Um, and then you hit on Frank Anselm getting over seven and a half minutes in that last game. So who will lead Syracuse in scoring? Last game it was Jimmy Beheim. Sure as hell didn't feel like it was Jimmy Beheim, but it was. <laughs> um, but the odds here, Buddy Beheim. Even money. Joe Girard plus two thirty-five. Jimmy plus two eighty-five. Cole plus four twenty. Jesse plus five fifty. Or if you're gonna go into the bench, plus a thousand. I'll take Buddy. I think he bounces. He'll have twenty-two, and Joe will have nineteen, and it'll be one of those games like we've seen against Cornell, where everyone's probably north of fourteen or fifteen points and shooting pretty efficiently, but Buddy just takes more shots than the rest of the guys. So I'll lean with him. Yeah, I'm thinking about taking Joe here. Because, yeah, I'm with you. Like, both those guys are going to bounce back in this game. And at this point, I'll, I'll play the money odds. I got to catch up a little bit here. So I'll take the plus 235 because, like, let's be honest, this is a game where Joe could have, like, 25, 26 points because he's yeah. just going to have some space to shoot from three, hopefully. And um, we'll, we'll see it all play out. But uh, I just like the, the odds there. All right, when we come back, we will get into the spread, the total, all that good stuff from this game, courtesy of betonline.ag. And speaking of betonline.ag, they would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. And with a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile site to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, all one word, and that'll help you get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022, and it gets even better when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, diving into the numbers here on the spread and the total. Nothing out yet as of us recording this. 
But based off of the Ken Palm projections, it has Syracuse taking this one 77 to 66. We'll set that line at 11. So for you, Syracuse, can they cover the 11 against Pitt at home? Yeah, I think they win this game by pretty convincingly 20-25, honestly. And that's just because Pitt can't really shoot. Pitt turns it over a lot. Syracuse is going to be very hungry. Syracuse is good offensively against bad defenses. The only cause for concern is John Hoogley and the rebounding, but overall Syracuse's rebounding has been a little bit better lately. And going back to what I said on yesterday's podcast, I do think they're finding their stride a little bit and they're making progress as a team, which means they're just going from a really bad team to a bad team, basically, sadly, but I still think they're playing better than the last two or three games win loss column has shown for. So I think this is where they just probably blow the doors off a pit team. That's not very good. Yeah. I I think of it too. Like can John Hughley beat you by himself? And the answer is no, he can't beat you by himself. I don't think now we've seen in the past. Sometimes a big dude that, but he's not like Justin Champagne. He's a little bit different in that regard. I, like Champagne can beat you on a lot of different levels there. So I'm with you. This just feels like the game where Syracuse sort of takes their frustrations out, especially since yeah, they've probably right. got some pent up frustrations, not just from the fact that you've had three hard fought losses, but you also lost to these guys twice last year. And I think that stuff matters. So 11 points is the Ken Palm projection. I'll say Syracuse, I won't say quite 20 just because some weird things can happen at the end of games, but like 17, 18. Yeah. I, I could certainly see that being the case right. here. And they'll uh, probably have a good first half, right? I mean, we've seen that yeah, so many I mean, times now where they come out great. They might let it fizzle a little bit in the second half, yeah. but I don't see it getting to the point where Pitt can actually come back because they're just not that talented. Yeah. I mean, you want to go to betonline.ag and make some coin. Take Syracuse on the first half spread, whatever it is. Because based off of this number, it's probably going to be about six or seven on that first half spread when it's all settled in. I mean, that kind of feels feels pretty free to me. I don't know about you. But, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, there, there's a little tip for you there. Um, higher low scoring based on this projection, 143 is the projected Ken Palm total. Are you expecting more or less than that number of 143? I'll take the under because I think Pitt is going to have a really hard time scoring. And again, I don't think that this zone defense is good or it means that we should come away from this game and say, wow, this zone D could be a force coming down the stretch of ACC play. But Pitt plays at a pretty slow pace as well. They're 329th in the country in adjusted tempo. So the fact that they are going to sort of get lulled into a slower pace than even normal against the zone they might chuck up some threes and not make them. And even if they're getting rebounds, it probably just slows down the whole process of the game too. And the slower the game, the better things are for the over-under or for the under, I should say, specifically. So I feel pretty good about taking the under here. The only thing is maybe Syracuse has an 85-90 point effort, yeah. and then it's so skewed based on that that Syracuse individually kind of pulls it over the over-under. Yeah, I, that's where I was kind of going. I think this could be a, a behemoth of an offensive performance for Syracuse, where they do get to the 87 or 90 point mark here. And also, like, you've got a team in pit that turns the ball over. That's quick points the other way in transition. That doesn't take a lot of time. And then on top of that, they're a team, too, that we mentioned can get to the free throw line a lot. 
and that's mm-hmm. scoring with the clock off. So good point. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the over on 143, but I think Syracuse is gonna be carrying a lot of the water in that regard. All right, that's gonna do it for us here on this pit preview. Gotta have it. I mean, <laughs> absolutely gotta three, have it. <laughs> three of the four nails are in the coffin. This could be the fourth one here. What <laughs> are we doing on the recap pod if they lose? I mean, I, I don't football, even know. We might just recruiting. not do it. Lacrosse season. Uh, the, the the third Spelina's on the way. That's what we'll get yeah, into. Yeah, right. Someone <laughs> give us a, a topic for the recap pod if they lose. Because yeah. I'm not getting on here and talking about this basketball team if they lose to Pet. I just yeah. can't take it at that no, point. No, I'm with you. <laughs> no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to read mean tweets. We're going to Jimmy Kimmel it. We're, we're going to read mean tweets. I think uh, of people we'll just search there Joe will be Girard's name. We'll search Buddy Beheim's name. We'll search Jim <laughs> Beheim's name. We'll just do mean tweets. I like it. That's what we'll do. All right. All right. This has been fun. Talking Pitt and Syracuse with you. We'll recap it. Hopefully, hopefully we're not doing mean tweets uh, on Wednesday, <laughs> but we might be. So be on the lookout for all of that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Oh.